Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Do you your Bibles here today? Um, turn to Galatians chapter 1, verses 10. Sorry, Galatians 6, verses 1 to 10. I'm reading from the NLT version. And Paul, in this time, he's talking to the Galatians and he's speaking about uh, what it means to be a follower of Christ. And he's talking about the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. And he's having sort of settling a few arguments amongst the people at the time. He's also talking about that no longer we're we following the law, we're following the Spirit. And in Galatians 5, we hear and talk about the Spirit. We talk about uh, the fruits of the Spirit, which is the evidence of the Spirit. We all want to be exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. We want to be able to see the, the love and joy and peace, be like fruit on the tree of our life. That's what we want to be able to see. And so Paul's going through um, this, with, and then he gets to chapter 6 where he says these words. says, Dear brothers and sisters, if, anyone, if any other believer, sorry, if, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Notice here he doesn't say, come with a sledgehammer and say, sinner, sinner, sinner. He says, no, gently and humbly help them. This is why we need people in our lives. This is why we need connections. This is why we need not just uh, acquaintances, we need intimacy of relationships so we can indeed help gently and humbly help people back on the path. It says, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share in each other's burdens. You know, we've become very good at carrying our own burdens. Our Western world is very good at carrying our own burdens. And here is, well, first of all, we, we release our burdens, we put them at the foot of the cross. We give them to Jesus. But secondly, we also call to be able to share our burdens, as the word is saying, share our burdens. And that's a two-way street. That's always a, a vulnerability in me. I say, hey, I need some help in these areas. But there's also a willingness for others and mature, godly friends, brothers and sisters, that, as Paul initiated, and I started off here, where brothers and sisters come together and, and sharing the burdens and carrying with one another. We all need this. And it says, in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think that you are too important, <laughs> uh, I love it how Paul just attacks ego. <laughs> He's like, if you think that you're too important, he slaps the ego down. He says, to help someone, you're only fooling yourself, it says. It's quite brunt, uh, brutal, isn't it, really? You're only fooling yourself. And then it says, you're not that important. <laughs> I love that. We live in a narcissistic world these days where you are the centre of the universe. But that's, that's what the world's trying to preach to us, where you are the most important thing. And uh, what Paul's saying is like, hey, let's get a bit of a reality check here just for a second. You, you are actually not the most important thing going around. There's something greater than you that is actually more important. Uh, verse 4 says, Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will be able to get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself. We're going to look at com comparison in just a second. You won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we, and I love this scripture, for we are each responsible, responsible for our own conduct. I've sensed that as entitlement rises in our world, which it is. Personal responsibility is going down and down and down. I hear all the time, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not me. I hear the spirit of Adam actually 
going around all the time. We, we read about Adam in Genesis 2 and 3 where sin takes place and grabs a hold of the world and they have this moment where they're around the tree and they, they get the fruit off the tree and God then meets them. That kind of like exposing moment. It's like the parent coming and catching the children doing the sin. And what happens is that uh, God says to Adam, not to Eve, He says to Adam, what have you done? What have you done? And I love Adam. There's a bit of Adam in all of us, actually. <laughs> he goes, oh, well, it wasn't me, it was her. She made me do it. It was like, look, there's like there's fruit juice all over her face and it was delicious, but she made me do it. And he had every excuse in the world. And instead of taking responsibility, he says, hey, I've done the wrong thing here. He, what does he, do? he blames. He shifts the responsibility from him and to someone else. And this is what our world does so well today. And church, can we be a church that takes responsibility? Husbands, can we take responsibility for our marriages? Can I see fathers taking responsibility for their homes? Can I start to see young adults take responsibility and, and not just want the best of everything, but be prepared to go after and work hard, have a good work ethic that says, I will put the all glory to you, God. I'll put my trust in you and I'll have some good work ethic to back it up in Jesus' name. I want me to see parents take responsibility for their children. And don't just say it's the church's job or it's the school's job or it's the, it's the government's job. No, let's take some responsibility. Christians, let's take responsibility and, and have some self-control. Christians, let's have responsibility and open up the Word of God so the Word, the seed of the Word of God can live in our lives. Let's take some responsibility. And Paul's saying, just for a moment, forget other people you take responsibility for your own conduct. Be responsible. Be responsible. Verse six says, "Those who taught, uh, those who are, uh, sorry, those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled." Another version says, "Don't be deceived. Don't be misled. You guys, uh, so you cannot mock the justice of God. You can always, you're always." Harvest what you plant. It was interesting. I was sitting in that cafe, probably sucking down a zoodle. When sounds so weird. <laughs> when I actually had this word placed in my heart, it says, "Dan, I want you to speak about sowing and reaping today. Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping." Verse eight says. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life, amen, from the Spirit. Let's not get tied in doing what is good. And Paul's talking to the temporary, to the now, but also to the eternal in this moment here right now. He says, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Who's the family of faith? That's, that's your brothers and sisters right now. So this morning, in the next sort of uh, 10 or so minutes, I want to you out to outline four simple, four simple truths when it comes to sowing and reaping. If you've got notes, I encourage you to take notes here this morning. And the first principle I'm going to be able to refer to today is we always reap what we sow. We always reap what we sow. If you plant an apple seed, guess what you get in? You're going to get some apples. If you want to be able to have mangoes, producer loves mangoes. Best summer fruit ever, yes. Ali's like, I hate mangoes. I don't like mangoes. I think it's been wrong. I think she needs to be delivered in Jesus' name uh, from the mango hate, but I love mangoes. Uh, if you want zucchinis, don't go and plant tomato seeds. It's not going to help you. The DNA in the seed will produce the fruit that you want to be able to see. 
This is why it matters who you hang around. This is why it matters what environments you expose yourself to. It's why it matters what you hear, what you see, what you listen to. It matters. My mum used to say, Dan, garbage in, garbage out. Can I have a little moment here with you guys? In 1990s, great year, great, great decade for music. Loved it. I was a very fond admirer of Mariah Carey back in the day. She was sensational. Loved her. But I was also a bit of a, uh, bit of a, a, bit of a white gangster. Um, I was that guy who would sit, and this is a bit of a lesson, a history lesson for some of you guys who've been born in the last sort of 10 or 15 years. There used to be something called tape recorders. And uh, you put tapes in them and you'd listen to the radio. When your song came on, you'd press record. Anyone remember these things, mixtapes? They were the days, right? They were the best days. And, uh, and so I'd sit in my room and I'd listen and I'd listen and, and all these kind of different kinds of music would come on. And my friends, they were often quite into rap during those times. And so I had uh, my own two-pack. Some of you guys are like, who's two-pack? And why is Dan talking about two-pack right now? I had two-pack uh, mixtape that I used to listen to. And my mum would come in and say, Dan, you're listening to garbage. Yes. Yes. And I'd say, mum, <laughs> no. <laughs> this is like, this is art, mum, this is art. <laughs> and I'd justify it. But as I'd listen to this, I found my language changing as I exposed myself. I was planting a seed in my life that was not actually healthy. Now, I'm not, I'm not like encouraging you guys, only listen to Darlene Check and make sure you only listen to Hillsong. I'm not going to that line. I think it's a dangerous line to go down, actually. But you've got to be careful what you're exposing. You've got to be careful what you're planting into your life. There's got to be a, a, a healthy Holy Spirit directive around what we expose and what we plant in our lives. And I want to ask us, what are we sowing? What, what, are, what, are we, what kind of seed are we planting today? Are we sowing the seeds of forgiveness? Even the kind of forgiveness where you're thinking, that person doesn't deserve my forgiveness. They haven't even come and repented, Dan. No, no, the Bible says, go and release forgiveness. Sow the seed of forgiveness. Because here's the thing, we're all sowing something whether you like it or not. My, my, my hope for us is let, let's become intentional sowers where we intentionally do things like let's sow forgiveness. Let's be intentional around it. Because the truth is, if you don't, well, the truth is when you sow forgiveness, you, you actually have the gateways, the access points to freedom. And that's the fruit you can be able to have. But if you don't, the Bible says in Romans that our hearts become hard. And what flows from there is a bitterness. And instead of having freedom on our fruit, the tree that we see, what we find ourselves actually experiencing is a bitterness. I've got a good friend who's probably the most generous person I know. He's not yet a Christian. And I say, yet yeah, because man, I am praying prayers every day for that guy. And I love him with one of my best mates. And he's one of the most generous people. You know, you know there's generous people, people in your life? A joy flows from them. He doesn't even know the Lord is his saviour yet. But as a joy, he's planted and seeded generosity in his time, his encouragement with his word. If you sit down at his table within about four seconds flat, you have about 15 plates of food in front of you. You eat a little bit, so I'll give you some more, give you some more. There's, there's a hospitality spirit that, that flows through generosity through him. And here's the opposite. If you are not seeding the seed of generosity, what happens is that you can actually reap the, uh, the, the product of stinginess. 
What, what, what are we seeding? What are we planting? What seed is in your hand here today? The words say, you will reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow. If you want faithful friends, the Bible says in Proverbs, start by being a faithful friend. You want to have fond happiness. I love Paul. He's in the book of Philippians. He starts talking about contentment. The guy's sitting in a prison cell writing this, and yet he can share about contentment because he understands the bigger picture. He understands what Christ has done in him. He's been set free from the bondage of, of hell, from the bondage of this world. And he talks about contentment. He sees uh, he sees not the need for um, to find happiness. He sees contentment, but he doesn't necessarily go after things like the next promotion or the next thing or the next relationship. He goes after contentment. You hear me today? What we sow, we will reap. So that's number one. Number two. What we so we always reap after we sow. There's an order. There's a process. We always reap after we sow. Galatians 6 verses 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Just at the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. There is always a time between when you put the seed in to when it sprouts to when it produces fruit. And our human nature is one that is wants to be instantaneous. And often we might even catch ourselves saying phrases like, if I was God, I'll do things a little bit faster. <laughs> now it's a very dangerous thing to say if I was God. Because we're not God. I was saying to Ruth this week, I was having a confession moment to my good friend. I said, Ruth, sometimes I'm very impatient. This week I was cooking rice in a microwave. I mean... It's even crazy to think about cooking rice in the microwave. No longer you're boiling water and having to then cook it for 15 minutes and then you strain it and then you wait for it to cool down a bit. No, no, you, you can put something in for 45 seconds, boom, and then suddenly you've got like rice. It doesn't taste that good, but it's still rice. <laughs> and it wasn't cauliflower rice, that's for sure. <laughs> I got to the point where I couldn't even wait 45 seconds. It got to like three, two, I heard, that's, that's, that's enough for me. I thought, that's terrible. Like this. But this is the world we live in these days. Instantaneous. Sometimes the hardest words to read at this, in this particular scripture here is where it says, just at the right time. This is the trust factor where God, your timing is better than mine. God, when things don't necessarily make sense, I'm putting my trust in a big God, a God Almighty, and not in my humanity right now. I'm looking to you, God, for all my answers. And for those people who are waiting right now, I want to encourage you, hold firm to His promises. Hold firm to His truth. Hold firm to a God that loves you, cares for you, and has made a way for you. Some of you are waiting for healings. Some of you are waiting for breakthroughs. Some of you are waiting for your children to come back to know God. Hold on to your promises. I love it how uh, we can read in Lamentations 3.25. It says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him, trust in Him. God is at work. Even and This is even a word I feel for some people right now. The seed has been planted. And even before you can even see that the seedlings sprout, there's always a work going on below the surface that you don't even know about. God is at work. And the roots being established, and the stronger, more established the roots are, the better the fruit will be. Have faith in a God that works below the surface, things you don't necessarily see. 
Number three, we always reap. So number one, we reap what we sow. Number two, we reap after we sow. Number three, we reap where we sow. We reap where we sow. I love the parable of the sower. It says, Jesus is talking in, in, in a parable sense. He says that there's, the farmer goes out and he scatters the seed in his own field. It makes no sense to go into someone else's field. Into his own field. We reap where we sow. Where do we sow? I want to encourage us. Let's, let's sow into our own lives, into our own hearts, into our own minds, into our families' lives, into our children's lives, into our marriage lives, into our area of our life, into our church's life. Let's sow into the fields that God's planned us, planned us to be. Don't get worried about the, the next person or the next church or the next job or the next whatever it might be. Don't go sowing into someone else's marriage, that's for sure. Sow into your own marriage. Scatter the seed because that's where the fruit will be found. Uh, Galatians 6 verses 4 says, pay careful attention to your own work. Pay careful attention to your own work. Don't cross into someone else's lane. And it talks a little bit here about the dangers of comparison. Comparison does a few things. It's, it, it's a thief of joy. If you get consumed by comparison, it's a thief of joy. It undermines relationships all the time. And it has an ability to convince you, well, the, the, the end result becomes discontentment because it has an ability to convince you that what you have now is not good enough. That God is not a good God. But He is a good God. If we can find ourselves not going to the dangers of comparison and saying, God, I thank you for the way you've created me. I thank you for my, my, my marriage the way it is. I thank you, Lord Father, for where you've planted me. I thank you for the seeds in my hands. We suddenly start to shift things around where comparison becomes less controlling over our lives. Be careful of the Instagram worlds, the highlight packages. Let's be strong that it says no to those things. Number one, we always reap what we sow. Number two, we reap after we sow. Number three, we reap, reap where we sow. Number four, I told you I'll be nice and quick today. Number four, I'm going to get, come up here, Maddie. We always reap more than we sow. We always reap more than we sow. If I was to, um, actually I will, I'm hungry. I've got apple in my teeth now. <laughs> If they listen on the podcast, they hear this. If I was a bite into this apple, if I had a bigger bite, I actually wanted to do, but I didn't quite get there, um, you would see seeds on the inside of this apple. Yeah? Uh, if, I, if it bit into any kind of fruit, you'd see seeds on the inside. And I want to encourage us here today that, that one seed makes a big difference. Now, this, this apple here, this fruit that we see and the part that we enjoy, that would have been the product of a seed being planted many years ago. And what I love about this is there is a multiplication effect that God has that we, we actually worship a God of multiplication. And that one seed can make a huge difference. That one seed cannot just produce one apple, it can produce a tree of apples. And year on year on year, that tree has the ability to produce fruit and fruit and fruit and fruit and fruit. And I was thinking about this this week. We all have moments. We all have times. We all have encounters with God. They're like seeds in our hands. 
And I want to encourage us here today when it comes to sowing and reaping, never underestimate the power of that one moment with God. Ali and I, we about 15 years ago, we had probably still the most important decision that we ever had to make. And that was, you guys might see things a bit weird, like was it to like get married or where are you going to get married and well, what home are you going to buy? They're, they're important things, but actually in reflections come into, hasn't even come close to those things. For us, it was about what church we're going to be planted in. And we were engaged. We knew that we were in different churches at the time. We knew that we wanted to be planted in a church. We didn't necessarily subscribe to this thought about, oh, let's just go to a brand new church and start afresh. And we're a believer in relationships. We're a believer in having roots established. So we knew it was either going to be Mount Anna or where I came from in Seven Hills near Blacktown. And as we had time, as we sort of prayed and reflected and asked God, I remember we were sitting in a park. I think I might have even been on some swings, the big kid I am. <laughs> and I just remember a guy saying, I actually don't think it's a bad decision here about what church to plant yourself in, but B, I'm leading you towards being at Mount Annan. At the time, I was actually on staff at my other church and it was a big decision for both of us. But we came to this place of realising a real peace about being led in this direction. So we made the commitment to call C3 New Hope, Mount Annan, our home church. Now think about that moment that I had, that what I believe an encounter that I had that direction that I had, it was just a small moment. It would have lasted about three or four minutes, like a small seed. But 15 years down the track now, I think about how it's changed my whole world. I think about how that moment, it's done things like, well, from that moment, I I changed jobs to become a teacher at Mount Anna Christian College. From that moment, I became more in the loop in this area. It then governed where where we bought our first place. I wanted to be close to our church. I believe in the local church. I wanted to be in the local community. For us, it was a place where we got married. For us, it was a place where my daughter came. I'll never forget this moment. My daughter came and says, hey, Dad, she had a little certificate. said, I've given my life to Christ today in this place. One day she'll get baptised here. And I think about that moment and how it's just multiplied over years and years and years. Never underestimated it. There might be a word you receive. There might be a, a, a moment in His presence. It might be in church. It might be in your car driving with the worship music on. It could be anywhere. We worship a God who multiplies. We always reap more than we sow. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, help us to recognise what is in our hands. I pray for every single person here. They may understand the intentional nature of what it means to sow. And God, I thank you that your promise to us that there will be a great harvest, a harvest at the right time. Give us wisdom. Go before us. Give us courage where courage is required. Help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.